You are listening to the Bible 126 podcast. And for the next few minutes this morning, uh, I want to talk to you about one of the most asked questions that I get asked of me uh, in courtrooms and legislatures uh, all over America. People are continually asking this. And let me tell you what the question is. And then we're going to look at what the Word of God has to say. David, if your God is so great, so awesome, so incredible, so all-knowing, so all-powerful, if your God is everything that your people say it is, then how come your people are all torn up and worry about life the way we are? We understand why we worry. We understand why we're consternated and all upset because we don't pretend to have that God. But your people say they do have that God. And if you have that God, and he is everything you say that he is, then how come you worry and are upset the very same way we are? Now that's a fair question. And one that as a child of God, we ought to be prepared to answer. Now how many of you are aware that the Bible teaches that worry is a sin? How many of you are all aware of that? Okay. Now, I want to confess something to you. My dilemma is, whatever it is I'm worried about, I'm worried about that, And then I'm worried that I'm worrying about it. How many of you understand the double whammy of that one? Okay. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That's a promise. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's heaven. That's the future. Now, anytime you start worrying you need to remember the last verse of Psalm 23. If you have difficulty with the future, you tend to get anxious about the future. You get fearful about the future. You get worried about the future. You feel anxiety welling up within you over the future. You need to remember this last verse because this last verse tells us the three reasons you never need to fear the future if you're a believer. You never need to fear the future because of the three things that it tells us in this last verse. I don't need to fear the future because God's goodness is watching over me. I don't need to fear the future because God's goodness is watching over me. The Bible says, surely goodness will follow me all the days of my life. Do you know that God in his goodness is always paying attention to you? Did you know that you've never had a second of your life God was not watching you? God is always paying attention to you, why? Because he created you to love you and he's a good God. So how in the world can God be interested in me? There's seven and a half billion people in the world. The God who created trillions of stars can surely care about seven billion people all at the same time. 
You don't understand how big God is if you don't understand that God can pay 100% attention to you while paying 100% attention to everybody else too. He's God. There has never been a moment in your life God was not watching. He knows every detail of your life. He knows when you get acid indigestion and when you get a few other things in your stomach. He knows there has never been a moment. He knows the highs and lows, the goods and the bads, the ups and downs. He's paying attention to you right now. In fact, God knows you better than you know yourself. God knows the details of your life, every one of them. He knows more details about you than you do. Why? He is a good God. And the goodness of God is following me all the days of my life. Psalm 145 verse 20 says this. The Lord watches over all who love him. God's goodness is watching over. He doesn't miss any details. And not only does he watch over you, he actually protects you. You are protected from thousands of things you don't even know you missed. Accidents that you could have gotten into. Problems that you could have created. Decisions that you made and God said, no, we're not going to let the consequences of that one happen right now. How does God watch over you? How does God protect you? Well, one of the ways, this may shock you, is angels. The Bible says God created angels to watch over you. You say, wait a minute, are angels real? Oh, yes, they're very real. The Bible tells us that. But uh, they don't have physical bodies. You don't talk to them. You'll, you'll probably never have any interaction with them in your life. But they're out there watching over you. They are protecting you. They are uh, actually created by God to encourage circumstances that encourage you. The Bible says in Psalm 91 verse 11, God orders his angels to protect you wherever you go. So they're like invisible helpers. And uh, there are many ways they do this. But one of the ways is they create circumstances that you don't even know, how in the world did that happen? Well, an angel was in action. I could give you thousands of examples of this. You don't even know how many times you've been helped by the goodness of God. But God says, I, my mercy and my goodness will be with you always. Now it says, surely goodness will follow me all the days of my life. What does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean that only good things will happen to you. Obviously, that's not true. A lot of bad things happen. A lot of disappointments happen. David had bad things happen in the guy who wrote this. Doesn't mean only good things will happen to me. When the Bible says, surely goodness will, God's goodness will follow me every day of my life, it means that God will ensure that good will come out of everything that happens to me, even the bad stuff. That's the promise. Not everything that happens to you is good. But surely goodness will follow me means God will bring good even out of the bad stuff, the evil stuff that happens to you. You cannot control what happens to you in life. But you can be sure of this. If you are, if the Lord is your shepherd, God will always bring good, always, out of bad. Anybody can bring good out of good. God specializes in bringing good out of bad. And that's the great promise of Romans 8, 28, which says this. We know that all that happens to us is working for our good. It doesn't say it's all good. It says it's working for our good if, this is a promise, if we love God and are fitting into his plans. All things do not work together for good for everybody. 
If you're going in the opposite direction of God, if you're ignoring God's plan for your life, if you're not trying to live in God's love, all things are not working for good. They're all working for bad in your life. But this is a promise that those who love God, that those who really want to go God's way, who want to follow God's purpose, he says, okay, if you really want my will in your life, even the bad stuff that happens to you, I will bring good even out of that. Now, of course, when you're going through a bad time, you never, never see the good in the moment. Here's what it says, Psalm 103, verse 2 to 11. I will not forget the glorious things that God does for me. He forgives, you might circle that, he forgives all my sins. He heals me, that's mercy. He ransoms me from hell, that's mercy. He surrounds me with loving kindness, that's mercy. He fills my life with good things. He is merciful and tender toward those who don't deserve it, that's mercy. He's slow to get angry, I'm glad for that, that's mercy. He never bears a grudge. Aren't you glad for that one? Some of you don't believe that. You think that something you did a long time ago, God's still trying to get even with you for it. Anything, anything bad happens in your life, go, God's getting even with me. God, it says, does not carry a grudge. He's not getting weak. How many times have you heard me say, God is not mad at you. He's mad about you. No man will ever love you like Jesus Christ. No woman will ever love you like Jesus Christ. Any human love is minuscule in comparison to the creator who created you and he made you simply to love you. And so he follows your life with goodness, giving you the things you don't deserve, and mercy, don't, not giving you the things that you do deserve. And he's following you these two things. He never bears a grudge. He has not punished us as we deserve for our sins. For his mercy, there's the word, is as great as the height of the heavens. He's like a father to us, tender and sympathetic to those who reverence him. Now because God's mercy is following you every day of your life, it means you can come to God with any problem, any screw up, any mess up, any fault, any fa failure, uh, any sin, and you, God has a 24-hour drop-in service. Because his mercy is constantly following you. There's never a moment he's not showing mercy to you. God's goodness and God's mercy will be with me all the days of my life. It says all of the days. Now you say, well, I don't always feel God's goodness in my life. I don't always feel God's mercy every day of my life. Who said anything about feelings? Feelings are unreliable. Feelings come and go. God is not a feeling. God is always good to you whether you feel it or not. And God is always merciful to you whether you feel it or not. It's based on who he is, not how you feel. Now, here's the third reason you don't need to fear the future. God's goodness is watching over me. God's grace is working in me. Now, here's a big one. God's glory is waiting for me. God's glory is waiting for me and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's heaven. Now, if you're taking notes, circle that little word, and. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and 
I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's the little word that connects today with tomorrow. Even after you've lived a life of blessing here on earth, it's not the end. Friends, this psalm is building to a crescendo. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's a big ending. That's a big ending. That means I don't have to fear death. And that's the number one fear people have. Because death is not the end. It's a transition. It's a transfer. We're going to heaven. God saves the best for last. If you love and know Jesus, if the Lord is your shepherd, it just gets better and better. Because even if I have a tough life here on earth, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever where there is no more sorrow, no more suffering, no more sin, no more sickness, no more sadness. No more problems, no more pain, no more pressure. It's unbelievable. With Jesus, it keeps getting better and better. The best is yet to come. What makes heaven heaven? Why is it so different? What makes heaven heaven? Well, there are a lot of things that are different uh, about heaven. Uh, but one, of the, the biggest one of all is this. It's the home to God's full glory the home to God's full glory and God's glory is all the good things that he does for you it's his character it's based on who he is now we can see a glimpse a little glimpse of God's glory right now when you look at the heavens the Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God you look at all the stars whoa God is pretty big God's pretty powerful you look at the sun and the moon when you look at all of the tens of thousands of plant varieties and animals and the varieties of animals and species that God created, you see the glory of God, that God is a creative God. When you see the beauty of a sunrise and a sunset and a waterfall, you see the glory of God. The glory of God, we see a small glimpse of it here, even on a broken planet. There's a lot of beautiful stuff on this planet. And the Bible says that I can see God's glory in you, just a glimpse, because you carry the image, the image of God in you. It's broken, but you, you carry that in. You can see God's glory in me. But the Bible says one day, when you get to heaven, oh, now you're going to see the full glory, the full goodness, the full greatness, the full beauty of God. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can see more podcasts on anchor.fm forward slash Bible 126. Also, there is a feature there where you can sponsor or make a donation to this page. Thank you and stay tuned for more episodes.